You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can. down here on the convention floor of Blazing Desert Comic Con in San Luis, Arizona, and uh, I am here with artist Kid Ever. What's up? How's it going, man? Pretty good. Are you having a good time at this small, yeah. smaller convention? Yeah, I, lo- I do mostly smaller conventions, actually, yeah. so I organized our little crew here to come out. We're doing the comedy show tonight, and uh, we didn't right here. Yo, you're doing... Okay, so we're, okay, it's, it's going to be one of the you know, fun little entertainment performances, and so they're putting us up for the night. and exchange awesome. for the comedy show and we were trying to see if any of the casinos or whatever had anything open but it was too last minute so uh, maybe next time yeah. but this will give us a chance to kind of meet Feel everybody and, and check out the area and then that way we'll have already been out once so, so we can use them as a referral when people are like should we bring them back to town <laughs> so, you, so you do a little bit of both you do you, or you do comic book artistry and then also stand-up comedy right I yep. mean, is it is it all is it all stand up, or you do like some improv or some sketch too? Or I mean, I mostly do just stand up. But I mean, when people are around me enough, they'll tell you it kind of blurs the lines. <laughs> well, because I mean, especially because I do a lot of crossover stuff with everything. So um, we have a we have a literacy program in Phoenix, mm-hmm. and it's in a few of the schools. It's called Stand Up for Literacy. So we bring comedians, actors, whoever, wow. in to read to the kids. So then. You know, that kind of becomes almost a, a performance of its own if you're making it entertaining. So, sure. you you know, you read and you do 20 characters in a book. I do, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, then you get interviews and then you kind of have to go with the flow. So, it's, you know, it starts with stand-up, but you kind of delve into other stuff. Plus, anytime people are filming stuff, you know, if they have you on it. So, we'll do, like, some videos that we're trying to see if we can get viral and stuff so we'll do like sketch comedy videos right. and stuff so just kind of just kind of roll with whatever comes along and if it fits your skill set you just jump on it you know so how long how long has it you been doing uh, the comic book artistry well i've been geez art has been forever but after grad school because i did grad school in not in fine arts so I did a master's degree in MA okay. in political science. Oh, wow. So I had already kind of moved away from the art a little bit, and I was teaching and doing the masters and stuff, and then just got busy with life. And I would, you know, I still drew and painted a little, but I just didn't have much time. Mm-hmm. And finally, just took a step back, and I was like, all right, I need to get back to this. I need to see, you know, I've never really taken a chance on it. Never really put my time in to see how much it could take off. Okay. So I took some time and I put together my comic book, Rockstar High, and I put together some of my paintings and turned them into prints and everything, and people loved the paintings. So I'll be doing more of that in my graphic novels because I have some short stories I'm turning into graphic novels. But right now, I'm busy drawing and painting the illustrations and the board for a board game. Oh, so wow. I'm doing that from uh, Higher Grounds Gaming has done... Uh, Pathfinder and a bunch of other uh, RPG stuff. Well, this is going to be their first board game. Wow. And so I am the key illustrator, art director, and marketing director 
for the board game. So I'm basically, after everything's done and we get it kickstarted, we do the beta testing, then I'm actually going to be doing the majority of the marketing and retail to try and push it. And so doing the, the travel, sell it at conventions, parcel it out to retailers. So that's, you know, that's a big job too. But if that works out well and if we do well, then I can live on... Right. some of what we made from the board game so I can work on painting the graphic novels and get those out too so hey, just trying to do one or two projects at a time without exhausting myself well, I was going to say but you yeah. want to throw a couple more things on top of there it's <laughs> right, like you're not yeah. doing enough yeah if I if I made enough regularly from art and comedy then I'd probably be able to squeeze in a little more the thing is like my graphic novels, I won't be paid until it's done and I'm selling to people. Right. Whereas I get commissions, I get this, I get that, I'm getting paid up front so I can use that towards my living expenses. So, you know, if you have, you know, right now work, you have to have to prioritize that over the stuff that you're like, I want to do this, right. but uh-huh. you don't have money to pay yourself to do it. <laughs> so you have to, you have to get it out before anybody pays you. And the upside with comedy is because I produce and I host and we do shows all over Arizona, and I did even a few outside of Arizona, too. So I've been, I did one in Vegas, I hosted one in Albuquerque that I produced, and I've done a couple shows in El Paso, so when I get a chance to travel a little further, I do others, but Mm -hmm. um, mostly, like I said, I love the small cons, because you're not competing for attention as much. No. Like, if you go to Phoenix Comic Con, Fan Fest, Fan Fusion, whatever Whatever name it's going to have by the next time (laughs) anybody talks about it, um, you have... You know, you have the celebrity guests that are actors and everybody from every fandom. Then you have the celebrity artist and author and comic writer guests. And so by the time you get to anybody indie, even the better known indie people a lot of times are struggling. And then when there's a few of us who are semi-unknown, you know, people see us out and about and they might have seen a couple of our things here and there. But for the most part, we're not big indie stars. By the time you get to us... Everybody's already spent all their money. They spent all their time doing stuff. They've done the panels. They've done the photo ops. So at the big cons, even if you're a little known, it's easy to get completely overlooked. Just lost in the group. But if you go to all the small cons that are county cons and school cons and you know just regional or library or whatever, mm-hmm. because you're willing to put in the effort to come out, a lot of those other people demand higher prices. Right. You know, with us. If we get out here and you put us up and you give us a table and, you know, whatever, even if we're not charging an appearance fee, there because there are a few people that still charge the appearance fee, but those of us who don't, you know, we make it affordable for the small towns to have us. Right. So you can do a whole bunch of them. And then if we double up, see, that's why a lot of times it works to be doing more than one thing. Right. So if you're doing art, but you're also doing comedy, well, when we have already established, like in Sierra Vista and Safford and some other towns around Arizona, we've established ourselves with the art and con community. We've done a comedy show. They've been happy to invite us back. So we use that as our referral and we get a show in town at one of the businesses that'll pay us for the show. So that way we're actually able to make a little bit of money from performing while we're out. So that way we're not, you know, we're not basically traveling on our own dime and saying, you know, because we like doing it, but not everybody can afford to just travel do the free show and go home. We'll travel, do the free show, and then we'll go somewhere at night that, you know, they're charging a cover and then we can make our at make least our money. travel yeah, back yeah. and and even you know if we can make an evening's pay out of it as well as our travel then so much the better so that makes it easier to be able to afford to travel so when we do that we can do more small towns because you're not paying 10 or 20 grand right. to get a big traveling star to come out and do something because there just aren't enough people to fill a spot 
to make it worth the venue paying to bring a big name star out. Yeah. But then if you bring us out, you know, a casino or a bar or whatever can bring us out for a more reasonable cover charge or whatever their budget is for the entertainment for the night. And we can provide a lot of us have opened for all those big stars. We just don't have that big budget bill that they do. Exactly. So you can get all the people that are opening for all the big touring stars that you've seen on TV, but you get us at a reasonable enough price that, you know, a smaller venue in every small town can afford our travel. So you can bring us out a couple times, two, three, four times a year even, and just bring a little different group every time. So that's our that's our plan, and that's how we're <laughs> hey, getting everybody from Phoenix to travel all over and visit all of you and all the other towns all over Arizona. I was going to say, we, we definitely appreciate it, so yeah. and glad, it's, glad you're here. It's fun for us, and, you know, we know that it's... Uh, you know, it provides an opportunity for you guys to it, it get, you know, not everybody, even if you've got the cash to travel, you don't always have the time. Mm-hmm. You're just too busy. You can't, even though it's only a few hours drive, you just don't have the time to just run out. Oh, something fun is happening three hours away. <laughs> we drive all the way out there, do it, and then drive all the way back. So when you, when you can afford it, you just can't take that time. But when everybody's coming to you, you're like, well, great. I would love to do that if I had time to go to Phoenix, but thank God you all came here. here, So we're coming to visit all of you. And then we give you the opportunity to, you know, bring, we'll bring a few different people each time we're out and you can, you can get your, uh, your Phoenix entertainment (laughs) out in San Luis and Yuma. And like I said, Safford and all the other, all the other towns that uh, we like to go and visit when they have us. Yeah. Like last week I, I took a trip just to Phoenix, just to go to the Ren Fair. So that was yeah. six hours, you know, both yeah. ways, just to go to for four hours at the Ren Fair. Yeah. Um, so doing the comics, drawing, stuff like that, what's, uh, what's the biggest obstacle you've found yourself having to overcome? So, little known thing, well, some people know it. I actually, my watercolors that you see over here, mm-hmm. you can see those in 3D. Wow. And so you can see how I progressed from some of the early ones where I had to use some wild colors to make it pop in 3D and then gradually made it more realistic mm-hmm. but can still get the 3D effect in here. You can, if you want to hold <laughs> sure, these up while you're, while you're doing the interview. Um, so figuring out exactly how I was doing it. Here, I'll help you. Figuring out exactly how I was doing it at the time wow. was sort of a challenge. I knew generally what I was doing, but... Anytime I'm trying to adjust to a new challenge with it, there's nobody else doing it that I know of no. by hand. So I'm basically having to like write the book on how to do it. So the graphic novels that I'm doing, I started laying out. I didn't start painting them yet, but I started laying out the two-page spreads because um, I know with painting it's going to be a little bit more of an undertaking. But then I realized I have to redo all of it because it's not... Have you seen the the Alex Ross Treasury Editions, the giant painted comic books that he did? Yeah. The Superman, Peace on Earth, the Batman, War on Crime, all those. Um, and when you read those, though, it reads almost like a blend of a storybook and a comic book. Yeah. Where it's almost like storybook spread on two pages with a couple of panels inset. I'm going to have to do something like that because if I do normal panel pages... Mm-hmm and each panel is in 3D, then you have all these panels competing for your eye's attention you're right. while you're doing it. So basically, I'm going to have one big main image on every two-page spread that's a 3D image. That's the main idea of that two pages. And then I'll have a few inset panels, but they'll be monochromatic. So this one will be all in blues, and it'll set back a little. Then this might be all you know, reds, and it'll pop forward a little bit. So that way, you're not getting a full color range in each panel where you're like, 
oh my god, take off the 3D glasses, what am I looking at? Because it's not really possible. You right. can't make your eyes focus on just each panel separately without everything else just being too much information right. being fed in. Because the trick that the 3D glasses, because these are prismatic lenses, they're not the, the old school ones, so you see you get a lot more layers with the prismatic ones. But the trick that it plays on your eyes is that each color is its own layer in reality in front of you. So when it causes your eyes to adjust to that, you think, it's the, the signal it sends to your brain is you think you're seeing literally like each color as a layer of reality. Right. So when you have 10 panels in front of you that are all doing that, but with different depths and different color schemes and stuff, there's no way that it's going to work. Yeah, there's there's no way that your yeah there's no way that your brain and your eyes can adjust to that. So it's just going to look like a giant mess. Yeah. So that has been right now the challenge because now that I, you know, again you see I started with you know your face is red and your hair is blue, but you can it still looks like a cool painting. And now it's developed to where okay that's Superman he looks normal. Right. Yeah. And the sky looks normal and everything looks normal. And then you put it on 3D and it's holy crap that's crazy. <laughs> um, so now I'm having to adjust that to, you know, the actual visual storytelling medium, mm-hmm. but doing it all in 3D. Well, how do I do that? Because no one else is doing this. No. So how do I basically invent the process as I go? <laughs> so I mean, there's I like because I always kind of am just like I look at what everything is that everybody's doing, and I'm like, but what if you did something else? And people go, well, you can't do that. I'm like. But what if someone did? And then I do something like this, and they're like, that's not possible. Oh, I guess it is. Well, it is if you did yes. it, right? Yeah, so I actually am also working on uh, developing a fountain where the water is the clothes. Oh. So essentially, it's a nude sculpture, but right. then the water forms clothes on the sculpture, if that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. And that I just haven't awesome. found anyone else doing that either. No. So I'm also, I think I've got it figured out, and I did a diagram, because I had to diagram out the physics of exactly how... Because if you're pumping water up through the bottom and you're trying to make it flow down, well, if it's high pressure enough to make that much, it's just going to shoot out the sides. So that's not closed. That's just water spraying out. (laughs) So I actually had to develop what I'm having to do is create basically a basin inside the sculpture that fills with water and then overflows while the water is just basically pumping into the basin. So, I mean, if you can visualize that, I, I, I know. I, I kind and of so, can. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just more of a mechanical challenge. So you're having to be equal parts artist and inventor when you're yeah, trying when to figure out things like this. When you're so. being innovative. Yeah, and uh, so with that, I mean, I'd like to make it, if it works out, I'm going to make some tabletop ones an experiment and then if it works out obviously I'd like to do a full size one and then if I get enough interest in it then I could pay somebody to do the casting and I can just sell castings of it for full size fountains which would be another undertaking but <laughs> I mean I can always I can always go fund me or Indiegogo that if I have to because I think that's going to be a little more expensive than the printing costs on a couple graphic novels that's <laughs> might a, be a little bit more full size bronze sculpture that's also a fountain <laughs> So that's the that's the, the that's the goal the, for the, the sculpture medium is one. Is, it's well, the medium is it's going to be. I'm doing it in clay, okay, and developing it that way. I don't know how to do bronze casting, so then I'd have to pay someone to do a bronze casting, so that then we could make copies of it if people wanted to purchase copies. But if you have enough orders for it, yeah, you can pay for the bronze casting exactly. out of the first two or three orders. So and it's it's all a process. I mean, obviously, I have to get everything down perfectly in terms of the process of the sculpture and the basin and the fountain and everything to to work physically, then 
change the scale if there's enough interest and then if that does well then pay a bronzecaster so it's I mean, I've had this idea for years. I just, every time I tried to figure out how to do it, I couldn't. Come up against a wall. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm primarily two-dimension, well, three-dimension of two-dimensions. Right, so. yeah. But, I mean, I also do, you know, you see the, the realistic pencil portraits that I do and the, and the really nice ink stuff. But, um, you know, I primarily work in ink and pencil and watercolor. I sculpt a little bit, but it's not been my you know my main focus but then i had this idea so it stuck with me forever but i was like i'd put it away be like i have no idea how to do it and then it'd creep into my head again i'm like there's gotta be a way and i'd look up stuff and i just get frustrated again and then eventually after you know going through enough designs i finally was just like oh i think i have it so now i I went out and i bought some new clay and i bought some new tools and i'm gonna play around with that and you know, because awesome. I'm just gonna—I have to experiment with it until it works out. Then I can perfect it, and then so it's a—it's a long process. It's not like I'm gonna be like, and next month I'll have a fountain. I'll be like, if you hear from me a few days, a few years down the road, <laughs> maybe a couple of years down the road, it might. Uh, so you talked about Alex Ross a little bit earlier. Right. Is he a person that you were? Uh, I don't want to say just a fan, but an inspiration. Like, who, who are the artists? The that, point. That I think you? really. When I look at what inspired me to be able to do what I want to do, it was guys like Alex Ross and David Mack and even Bill Sinkovich, but um, a lot of David Mack with doing mixed media that made me go, you know what, there aren't any rules anymore in comics. Mm -hmm. I can just do whatever I want, stick it in a comic, and see if people buy it. Because people like weird. And if you're not doing the same thing as everybody else, it's a little weird, then hang on a second. Hey, if you guys want to see it in 3D, I've got 3D glasses for all the prints, all the color prints. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, um... So I appreciated that some of the fine artists were bringing that into comics, but then especially when David Mack hit, and I was like, he's gluing ribbon onto stuff and then just taking digitals of it. I mean, it, it just what, there, everything was out the window, and he was like, you know what? Everything is an option right now, is basically the way he did it. And I was like, well, I've been wanting to do that. I just didn't think anybody would buy it. So then I started doing crazy stuff, and people were like, oh, well, that's unique. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you. That's what I'm shooting for. (laughs) So when you start doing unique, you know, and you see that somebody else wasn't afraid to do it, you're like, because, I mean, my stuff doesn't look like David Max, but just the fact that he will do all kinds of stuff, that's kind of what I'm doing. I mean, this piece was uh, watercolor and ink and gouache and, (laughs) like, just, you know, it's a lot of it is still water-based materials, but you're just kind of like, you know what? This would look better with this, so I'm going to use that too. Like the the Sandman one, I used like uh, rubber cement to create like a, a sort of a whiteout situation because I it, it masks it so it doesn't you know you can paint over it and then peel it off like rubber cement and it you know and nice. it stays white. So I mean just a bunch of stuff that I learned in my BFA Bachelor of Fine Arts um, that now I'm applying. I'm like you know what I'm just going to do this on whatever I feel like painting and if people like it great if not then I'll just paint something else <laughs> and it's you know the the daredevil attitude of which is funny because David Mack did daredevil too but <laughs> the daredevil attitude of David Mack definitely helped me with that because I was like oh well he's doing whatever he wants in comics and people buy it so alright I guess I don't really have to follow anybody's rules anymore not that I wanted to in the first place so let's get crazy and go. let's paint all kinds of weird stuff and see what happens <laughs> all right i want to say uh thank you for standing here talking to me let me let me interview you <laughs> sure it's been a great time uh you have any social media handles that you'd like to give out i do most of it is at kid ever and ever um so instagram kid ever and ever 
Facebook.com is kidever.art. And then Twitter is now also kidever and ever. Okay. And uh, my Etsy shop is just kidever. So, and on there you can get not only my prints and my comic book, but you can also get my t-shirts. So I have my comedy t-shirts now printed up and I have those available when I have my art stuff and everything else. So if you don't want the art, but you want something silly, I have something wearable for you. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you once again. This is, so this is Mitch down here at the Blazing Desert Comic Con in San Luis, Arizona saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Good luck.